You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see, Thanks, we're Mr. on uh, Now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I I'm afraid you have stumped me this time. Whoa. His Is there dog. an earthquake happening? <laughs> what the hell was that? Are you watching cops while we're doing a podcast? Uh, Again. <laughs> Detroit Cobras. Ah. You ever heard of them? I've heard of them. I don't know if I've heard them before. Pretty fun band. Yeah. That song about a chick eating hot dogs. I mean, what's not to love? So that wasn't a metaphor. <laughs> I was very thinly veiled, if so. <laughs> Yeah. That's, a, that's pretty rocking. Yeah. You know where they're from? <clears throat> uh, Detroit? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Good guess on my part. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got on the Detroit Cobras. Yeah. They're right in there in the vein of, uh, what's your other, what's your favorite band? Uh, Southern Culture on the Southern Skids. Southern Culture on the Skids. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the guitar kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I was just at the grocery store on my way over here. Uh-huh getting supplies okay and i was at the uh checker and there was this kid in front of me and the lady asked him if he wanted a bag and he said no and so she he had like four things Mm -hmm. she rang him up he paid and he's like can i get a bag and she's like because you know in in california if you don't know they have to charge you for your fucking bag right so she's like you just told me you didn't want a bag and, oh wow! Yeah, and he's like, oh, and so she's like, Here, you can have this one. And she gave him this little like paper bag that you could fit like one, <laughs> one tall boy in. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, forget it. And he just stormed off. And I, I was like, hey, it was my turn. Hey, how you doing? I was like, I heard him say he didn't want a bag. She's like, I hate it when they do that. She goes, it's always the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. That got ugly quick. <laughs> I was just laughing. I couldn't help myself. I was like, God damn, there's just something about like 
people that are Un- not afraid of unbridled racism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, technically, is that racist? It was an observation that it's always the Mexicans. Is that racist? Well, well, Maybe, well, perhaps. Well, half of society is debating. Like, I don't know, is it Latinx or is it? I don't know. Like, right, is that the new thing? And then yeah. you went ladies like this, like, fucking Mexicans. Oh, it's the Mexicans. The bags. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the Most of us balance. The rest of the world is really like climate change is racist. Is driving my car racist? I mean, climate change. Is and my car contributes to climate change, yeah. And this lady's like, Always oh, the Mexicans with you. <laughs> oh my god, I was just laughing out loud right there. I couldn't believe she said that. That is an odd thing to blurt out at work. No, if you're in customer service to the public, it's not like she said it to her co worker. <laughs> oh man, so good. Uh, so something very substantial happened in our world today that made me kind of do a deep dive mm. in my head with no research. Good. Learning Equality. about a shift in the Earth's inner Suggest- core that sounds like the plot of a Hollywood blockbuster. Scientists say our planet's solid core, which is actually disconnected from the rest of the Earth's layers, may actually have stopped rotating and could even reverse course. This is a new study. It was published Monday in the journal Nature Geoscience, and its authors, who are based in Beijing, took a very close look at the seismic waves from earthquakes that have passed through our planet's core since the 1960s, and that is how they were able to calculate the speed at which the inner core is spinning. Are you confused? I am. No, so it's really not that confusing. The Earth's core stopped and reversed. Did you know this was a thing? I... Well, I know that I know that there's a thing that the polarity of the Earth shifts, and they can see that in the right. the records of the yeah. the on the ocean floor. Yeah, and there, I believe there's speculation that it's related to the core, the iron core of the Earth changing. And I don't know if that means stopping. So I, yeah. no, I didn't know that, but um, it rings a bell of something that I've, I've heard I, about. I have a degree in geology. Was it was unbel- a minor, dude. <laughs> no, this was a major. <laughs> really? I thought you minored in geology. <laughs> was, I was completely unaware that this was a thing. Wow. Like the magnetic plates on the seafloor is how they figured out to play tectonics. Know that cold. Yeah. This, I saw that as a headline. I'm like, wait, what? What part didn't you know? That we had an iron core? At I was aware of that part. I, I'm aware that that is the most popular model that people subscribe to about our Earth. Uh-huh. Depending on who you talk to. <laughs> yes. I did not know that it stopped and reversed itself. Mm-mm. No, I didn't know that either. That yeah. is shocking. So that th- today goes down in history as that day then. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's happened. It happens. It's a slow process. I don't think it happens. All in <laughs> it slams day. on the brakes. So then I start thinking that. I was compiling a list with a friend of mine and sending them the most ridiculous news headlines that I could find that they would attribute uh, strokes and heart attacks to. Oh, God. As in all of the, you know, what we would know as uh, symptoms of the vaccine that they are now trying to attribute, you know, cover their tracks and attribute to other things. To anything but. And I had, so. Did they miss this opportunity? Oh, dude. Yes, and I was kind of bummed. Oh <laughs> my second. god! Because I, I was making the a wheel. List. So when you look at this list, you say, "Rise." Okay, here these are actual headlines. Rising heart disease may be explained by global warming. We've been doing that one for a while. The stress caused by the unvaccinated. We've known of that one. New study finds bending down to tie shoes carries a significant risk of heart attack. All right, now we're we're having some fun now. 
rigorous exercise found to be causing sudden spikes and strokes and heart attacks. Very interesting. Not the solution. Egyptian man dies from happy heart after team wins oh, yeah. World Cup game. Yeah. Man dies following heart attack, possibly triggered by excitement while watching Avatar 2. Right. <laughs> right. right. Avatar heart. I've lost a couple friends to that already. Mm-hmm. Scientists warn eggs are causing thousands of people to suddenly form blood clots. Yes. Saw that one. This is my, this is my favorite one. This is from yesterday. Memes increase risk of sudden death. Yes. So the, the byline is, so is laughing at them according to studies from health experts. So when you see how ridiculous this uh, is, I was like, I, do, yes. The, so you were you, 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 you picking up what I'm putting down there. I'm like, you guys, the, the, the earth literally just stopped and reversed its direction. Like, you guys missed a huge opportunity. Jesus. Like, all these things that you guys think are at you know, vaccine adverse events. No, it's because... They could have blamed the entire thing from here on out. Everything. On that. The economy. Everything. <laughs> Putin. Climate change. Inflush, inflation. Climate change. Racism. Who didn't win the Oscars. Everything. Wow. You guys Jeffrey blew Epstein. It. Mainstream media. You guys fucking blew it. And I'm, frankly, I'm tired of doing your work for you. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. The sudden shift in the direction of the spin of made the him, Earth's core made him, did, which broke the cameras that were correct. <laughs> yeah, and, and and caused the two the two guards solely there to watch him mm-hmm. who were asleep because they were yeah. dizzy because of the sudden you know, it's, shift. It's basic science, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, mean, they're probably teaching kids. Listen, this I'm not going to sit here and connect the dots for you people all day. It's <laughs> very very obvious things. Clearly, so. <clears throat> I started looking, I don't know how this got me down this rabbit hole, but they, uh, I started looking into, do, has anyone, like, how do we know that we have the Earth's core? Like, what, you know, how do we know that, right? How do we know we have it? Yeah. How do we know that we have that it? That it's not just like an empty hole in the middle? Or who knows? I mean, you can get into like inner Earth right. and, yeah, and all that stuff, which is interesting. But, so I looked into the, heap of, the deepest holes being dug in the world, right? And... This was a thing in like the 50s and 60s of just drilling down as deep as we could possibly go because right. we're trying to find out more about the Earth's crust and the mantle right. and the core. And um, due to the technology that we had at that time, we could only go so deep. Yeah. And then it got abandoned kind of in the 50s and 60s because everyone was looking up. They were concentrating on space. And so all of basically the bandwidth and you know the funding and everything – got applied to the space station. A lot of that because we, under Operation Paperclip, you know, we had all these Nazi scientists that we had to keep busy. And we go like, you guys want to go down or up? And they're like, we would like to go up. And we're like, so all the money went to the space station. And that's, that's why exactly uh, how NASA has the Nazi parade <laughs> to thank for its program. <laughs> so I started looking at some of the deepest holes in the world, and almost all of them are... Um, not mines. Deep. The first ones are mines, like the, the deepest ones you can find. So we have the Kimberly Diamond Mine, uh, the, the Deviac Mine, which is Canada, blah, 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 blah. And you go down, and then you have the man-made ones. One of the deepest ones was Wait, the, those mines aren't man-made? Well, they are. Yeah, I'm saying, like, they were, they were industrial. They were for an industrial purpose. They were, oh, they're, okay. they're mining. They weren't a hole for yeah. the sake of a hole. Then you have, like, you know, basically your version of a kid, a digging hole of China, except now they have funding, so just like coring a just, giant yeah. yeah so you have one that's just fucking around basically right <laughs> with taxpayer money <laughs> what are you guys doing that giant rig just fucking around <laughs> you're gonna hit china you keep digging drilling that thing in there 
So the, you're getting your, warm yet? Your typical hole would be something like nine inches in, di- in diameter. And like you have the Cola super deep borehole, which is as deep as the Mariana Trench, which okay. is insane. So that's 12.3 kilometers deep into the, into the earth. That was one of the deepest in Could the Could you use uh, not the metric system on this podcast from now on, please? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is our system called? The standard system? Well, at least you know I'm not a Fed. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, I saw this video the other day of the uh, the Asian guy that stopped the other Asian guy from shooting everybody. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. And he, they were interviewing him. I know we're not supposed <laughs> to mention his race, according to an article right. I saw on Yahoo. <laughs> it's always the Mexicans, though, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they were interviewing him, and he was uh, asked about the situation, and he was saying that the shooter was, like, approximately three meters away from him. And I was like, what? Hold on. What? <laughs> What? Who says meters? My grandpa didn't start the beach in Normandy. <laughs> it just hit me. It's like, wait a second. Why would you? He, he was clearly from here. Or grew up here. He didn't have an accent or anything. Right. Or not a. Not a. Maybe he did. I. I don't. I don't hear accents. Right. Because I'm better than most people. That's why I give everyone a bag when you're working in the register. Exactly. You don't even ask questions. Exactly. Just cut out the middleman. Just go straight to. I'm not racist. In fact, I greet people with that. Hi, yeah. Kelly, not racist. How are you doing? Here's Can I get your bag? bag? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, meters? Three meters. On. Interesting. Yeah. How many meters deep is this deepest hole? Uh, 12.3 kilometers. So they had one that was rivaling that of this super hole in Turkey. It was called the Gate to Hell. That's where it was kind of unofficial. Mm. And it was going so deep that it was starting to worry people like actually having conversations about hell. Like we don't know what's down there and maybe we should just leave things as it is. Like don't just yeah. go poking things around like this. No, there's more than one horror movie dedicated to exactly, this. Principle. Exactly. Yeah. And it spurned serious conversations of like, it, if hell exists, you guys are going to, you guys are going to puncture that balloon. And then they got into, so the Spanish conquistadors came over here and they got all these accounts from the Indians. This is on the, I can't remember exactly where, but it's like farther west than I would have imagined. And, they, and the, the native tribes were talking about that these monsters come out of the ground at night and perform like these ritualistic surgery, like experiments on our people cutting off arms and legs and you know, ears and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> then they go back into the ground and it's just like, there are these demons that we believe in. And this corresponded perfectly with like almost exactly with accounts from other native tribe in the Ozarks. And then as information became, you know, more prevalent, I'm like, we're finding accounts in like Chile and Argentina, all throughout South America, saying the exact same thing. And then they're drilling this giant gate to hell in Turkey. And they look back through their history and they're like, we have in our historical records, we have like similar kind of accounts back in the so day. So I'm just imagining uh, we get our foremost uh, atheist who doesn't believe in this shit, <laughs> Sam Harris. Take him there at nighttime. Say, all right, Sam, hop up on that excavator there. We're <laughs> about to go deeper than anyone's hey, ever gone. You good? All right, no, we're just going to. There's no hell, right? Nothing yeah. to worry about. Okay. Nothing. We're going to just leave you alone for a little while and uh, come check on you in the morning, all right? We're going to go on and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you just have your phone. Yep. Prove us all wrong. All right. Good luck, buddy. And so when they, this gate to hell supposedly in Turkey went on, they stopped it. The people in Turkey are like, no, 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 no. Like, we're done. You know, you call them superstitious, whatever, you know whatever your religious affiliation is. Well, I mean, what's the risk to reward going on here right now, right? 
Like, what are we really going to gain yeah. from this hole? Right. And what are we risking? Like, unleashing, unleashing hell. hell on Earth? Making the movie <laughs> Event Horizon, real-life event. Okay. Is that what you guys want? It just it's, doesn't it seem... Just can't yeah. leave well enough alone, you people. Yeah, just do the math. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not worth it. So, the people in Siberia said, like, we'll take it from here. And they started drilling the deepest hole. And Those this was, fuckers are not scared of anything. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't give a shit. No. And they actually called this the, the gate to hell. Like we're like almost like they're yeah middle like, finger like to mocking Satan. Yeah. And they drilled the deep deepest hole in the world. And they got like so far down that their equipment. They would try to like lower stuff down. Like there's nothing that we can do. And so they got their hands on equipment speci- uh, um, specifically for something like this. It was made specifically for this hole. You know, again, going back to what you're saying, like, why? Like, I don't know. We just want to see what's down there. <clears throat> they made a, of course, you can't have video or anything, but they could f- tell what the temperature was. It was close to 1,000 degrees centigrade. Right. Sorry for not saying, <laughs> changing that to Fahrenheit, by the way. I was and, with you. <laughs> fucking fed. <laughs> trying to be more metropolitan. <laughs> and But they did, they were able to get audio equipment down there. And they got the audio equipment down there. Oh, boy. And they were able to get 17 seconds of audio before it just disintegrated. It was so hot. And they yeah. knew, you know, they were able to get the single back up. So do you... Please play the audio. Yes, I, I am. <laughs> do you have it? Yeah, well, I do. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> what this is, is... And deep, how deep was this? Uh, I don't have that information. Really fucking deep. But 12.3 <laughs> kilometers was the, was the deepest at the that deepest, point. And this yeah. one was deeper than that. Yeah. And so, that's uh, seven and a half miles for those who... Right. Thank you. So, want to know. Do you, did you ever listen to Art Bell? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Art Bell was talking about this in 19... So this happened in 1998. And then one of the guys, it was a nephew of the guy that worked on the Boring Project, had the... Yawn. <laughs> yeah, had the, the, um, the recording and sent it to Art Bell. And Art Bell played it on his program. Really? And dude, this is insane. So this is like what we know of... And Art Bell's like... I'm just warning you guys, like, this is, I think it's actually hell that we're listening to. And so <laughs> oh he's like, God. I'm going to tell you when I'm going to play it. So feel free to, to shut it off. And I, I cleaned this up a little bit because it was a really long clip. But this is, this is Art Bell, <laughs> which supposedly the recording of hell. For the sake of the audience that joined since midnight, I'm not going to read the full article about the nine mile hole. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to read nine miles. the email that I got last night, along with what I received. This horrendous sound. Now I've got a clean copy of it now, and uh, I warn you, uh, this could scare you. <laughs> Here's the email. Dear Art Bell, I just recently began listening to your radio show and could not believe it when you talked about the sounds from hell tonight. My uncle had told me this that story a couple of years ago, and I didn't believe him. Like I'm just one waiting. One of your listeners who discounted the story as nothing more than just a religious newspaper fabricated account. The story about the digging of the hole and the hearing of the sounds from hell is very real. It did occur in Siberia. My uncle collected videos and audio tapes and so forth on the paranormal, supernatural. He passed away fairly recently, but he would have loved your show. He let me listen to one of the audio tapes that he had on the sounds from hell in Siberia, and I copied it. He received his copy from a friend who worked at the BBC. It took me a while to find it tonight, but 
attached is that sound from my uncle's tapes. It's not the greatest quality, but the sounds are there. It's better be worth it, Art. I was very hesitant oh, to send you this, as the sound bothers me to listen to. I'd suggest that if you do play it on the program, warn listeners in advance so they may have the option of turning the radio off for 30 seconds while it plays. It has always haunted me. To those who discounted the Siberia sounds from Hell's story, it is true, and I, for one, wish it wasn't. Rick, listening from Chicago. And so I submit now the cleaned, uh, a better copy to you, and uh, I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Monday just got better, because the view is live. The ladies are making up for lost time when they put the hottest topics that blew up while they were away back on My the God, table. My God, turn it off. I can't. I can't. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop it. It's too scary. <laughs> How terrifying is that? Wow. <laughs> Art, thanks for breaking the story, brother. <laughs> I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Did not see that coming, and don't you? No. Your little kill, call back to Operation Paperclip. Well done. <laughs> wow, dude. <clears throat> That's intense. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, <laughs> Sam Harris. <laughs> Hell exists. Um, so uh, we, we hear these things from, from time to time. And, um, it's, there's always a, this moral outrage du jour Mm -hmm. going on. Right. You know, like anytime, well, like right now, Dave Chappelle is again, um, in the news for telling trans people (laughs) to shut the fuck up and everyone's so outraged. When are you guys going to realize he doesn't care? Yeah. (laughs) He's not going to change. That's hilarious. Um, well, in in the uh, spirit of what you uh, what you just pulled up, I found Brooklyn Dad Defiant clapped back on Twitter. That's a great <laughs> article. I'm glad you guys wrote this. I found the moral outrage um, of the day from 1985. 85. 1985. Because they're missiles. They cause they cause nothing but problems. Those things do. This is what all the fuss is about. It's like snow surfing, an idea that originated in, where else, California. It's been around for almost a decade in the United States, and now it's becoming the trendy thing to do on our local ski slopes. But the operators of the hills want them off. Uh, The skiers, we try and keep them separated, but the snowboards come down the slopes, and they'll go right in between the skiers, and we'll kick them off, and they'll just lip us off. And they're dangerous because if one of these uh, skateboards or ski boards, whatever they're called, (laughs) hit a person, they'd break their leg because they're just like a missile. And most of them have no brakes on them. So uh, (laughs) nobody is allowing them on any of the mountains around. But where there's a will, there's always a way. Ski hill operators refuse to let anyone with a snowboard onto the chairlift. So they have to hike to the top of the mountain and then find a secluded ski trail where they won't get caught. The ski patrol says it's got its hands full. 
quite a, quite a lot of them are uncooperative. Um, some of them have had a little bit to drink, and uh, <laughs> like skiers <smart> are <laughs> all stone you know, cold you sober. Go and approach them in a very calm, collect manner, and they they tend to lip you off. You ask them very nicely to leave, that they're endangering the public and possibly themselves, <laughs> and they uh, they swear at you. They tell you to get lost, mind your own business. Ah, uh, so these are. These were simple times. Right? I kind of miss it. I know. I do miss so it. So charming. We don't have to listen to all the I don't. I don't remember snowboarding being so demonized. No? Yeah. I mean, I... Oh, well, it wasn't for... didn't last very long because it took off. Yeah. Right. But it was the skateboarding of of the snow. I, re- I grew up skiing and then snowboarding. And I do remember all of a sudden there, like, there was like a transition because I've skateboarded my whole life. Yeah. And so it was us. like, well, yeah, we have to snowboard. We're not going to ski anymore. You just had to because it was the right. skateboarding of, of yeah, downhill. As, as that video <laughs> pointed out. Yeah. That's just so funny. But it's, it's interesting to watch because um, the, the same thing is going on now with all this, like the, the Dave Chappelle stuff. Like, this moral outrage. It's going to yeah. age so poorly. We're going to go back yeah. and look at it and just be like, except, I think. Except now it's on this bizarre accelerated fast track. It's There is, I mean, screaming temper tantrums yeah. about something. And then and then six months we, later, CNN's talking about it like it's been a truth that everyone's known for right, or, decades. But then two weeks later, it's like no one's talking about this all of a sudden. Like they're, they're on to the next thing. Right. I, I don't, what do you attribute that to? Well, what I think uh what I think is going on is there is a race to um distract people. Absolutely, Kinda the yeah. bread and circus thing that we've been talking about yeah. lately. And what's important, the enemy of the elites, the political elites who are running our lives is the red pill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So to them, outrage is fine. Mm-hmm. So take- Oh, no, it's, it's not even, it's engineered. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So take the, the trans issue. Like, um, on one side, you have people wanting their kids to be subjected to male strippers dressed as women, which right. is what drag shows are, essentially. Mm-hmm. I- and on the other side- which is a ridiculous. Nobody actually thinks that. There's like 20 people on one side that actually think that that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. And then on the other side, you have people saying that, well, um, those tra- trannies shouldn't be allowed to exist. Mm-hmm. Their words, not mine. Yeah. I don't use that offensive language. Mm. Um, but really, friend. everyone is right in the middle and, you know, just somewhere in the middle, right? just in a, some reasonable realm of one side or the other, right? Yeah, we've The always... enemy, though, is not... Those two sides, that's great. Get people thinking on those two extremes, and now you have this pony uh, circus show, mm-hmm. the, the bread and circus thing that we were talking about, and you none of it's actually real. People aren't paying attention. People aren't being red-pilled. They're not they're not paying attention to what's actually going on. What's actually going on is an attempt to undermine our society in order to usher in communism. Correct. To take over all of us. Now, if you start talking about that, that's when you get kicked off of Twitter. Right. That's when uh, James Lindsay gets, you know, turned into a Nazi because mm-hmm. he's talking about what's really going on. 
Yeah. But the person on one extreme and the person on the other extreme, they're still on Twitter. Yeah. Being allowed to just do what they do. I think that's what it's. Yeah. We have from. noticed and uh, we've had several conversations that have revolved around just the realization that the, <clears throat> the fringe 10% on each side is being amplified intentionally and given the biggest platforms or keeping their platforms while people, um, posing reasonable questions in the middle, um, are shouted down or deplatformed or censored or whatever. And the article that you're referring to, this is on a website called Plaid Zebra. And it's the title is bread and circuses or how world leaders keep the masses distracted. Um, it keeps it fairly kind of general. Um, they, they put it in the context of sports and kind of entertainment as a whole. And it's kind of interesting that when I read this article, I didn't, I didn't think at all about sports or entertainment. The first thing that popped into my mind is I had a kind of a turning point when I guess, I guess credit where credit's due, where Dave Smith brought up when he, I think he was on like his second appearance of Joe Rogan and he was there to pitch libertarianism very much. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, here's like the finer points. You know, I need to keep this kind of broad 40,000 foot level because he was there to expose people to a, basically a, a political pitch more or less, mm-hmm. which he did a really good job of. Um, in my opinion. But one of the things that really stood out to me <clears throat> was him, him bringing up the fact that these political elites that you were referring to earlier is like, you know, when they are the most scared is when everyone, the masses, you know, the plebes are mm-hmm. all saying the same thing when they agree on something right. like they are, they shit their pants. He goes, here's a perfect example, which that's not, when the pitchforks come out. Exactly. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. And then like Dave Smith being the, kind of intellectual that it is, he goes, here's a perfect example. The Occupy the Occupy movement, right? What, do you remember what year that is? Was that? Yeah, it was 2010. 2010, is that what it was? Okay. Is we are the 99%, everyone. It was the libertarians. It was the Tea Party. It was Antifa. It was Bernie Bros. Is everyone was saying the same thing to the banks. We are the 99%. You guys are fucking us. And they're talking about what we bring up all the time, that, you know, just what's going on with inflation and the Federal Reserve. And, you know, I'm, I, I got a college degree and all of a sudden I can't, I can never can afford a house. It starts out as a very like anecdotal, like it's very clear. We call it the walk out the front door test. I'm kind of fucked here. Like, why am I, why am I fucked? I, I'm working and, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do right and I can't get ahead. And then they, with, you know, 10 minutes of research on dildo and you say like, Oh my God, like, once you realize like how the federal reserve works and you know, the, the symbiotic relationship that they have with the banks, you know, that basically give them loans for free and they sell that money back to us, which, you know, is, is also explained when, um, in the same podcast, that's when the political elites, which includes the banks were shitting their pants, like, Holy crap. It's like, we spent all this time creating this illusion of left versus right. When in reality, it's a uniparty. There's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. They're the exact same people. Right. They're all there to serve at the hest of the banks. Right. And all of a sudden, like... No, there's a reason why Dave Smith will never be allowed on the debate stage right. with the Democrat and the Republican. Yeah. Those two are supposed to be arch enemies, yeah. polar opposites, right? Why would it hurt to have a third person somewhere in the middle Correct. arguing with them? Because that scares the shit out of them. Because mm-hmm. Dave Smith, or even fucking Ralph Nader... Yeah. is going to come up on the debate stage and poke holes in everything that they are saying right? with ease. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I can list off 10 podcasters that you and I listen to who could do the same exact oh, thing. Easily. It doesn't take a genius. Yeah. Right. But I it see. does take someone that's 
the most dangerous thing that there can be to these powered political elites. Yeah. And that is just a red pilled person who's aware of what's going on. Right. And the, so to go back to this notion of bread and circuses, as I was like, I just, I saw when Dave Smith was talking about this stuff is what they said is the way that they placated the masses or to get them divided again is that you had woke politics became like super amplified right after that, because that's such a divisive topic for people, you know, so mm-hmm. is something like drag queen story hour or something like that. It's such a divisive, like cultural issue. It's just a red hot ember that we can sit there and blow on and just divide people. It's done right. completely intentionally. Right. When in reality, as of what you're saying, almost most people agree on, on this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, but they, what they're doing is they are intentionally basically in some, in some instances, actually funding you know, someone like George Soros, like funding this fringe 10% to keep this divisiveness going because that keeps us distracted. And that's what I realized. That's what made sense to me as being bread and circuses in the way that Dave Smith said this. Like, yeah, you guys, Tea Party and Antifa, uh, you guys were in the, mil- in the streets screaming, we are the 99% and that you guys are screwing us. And what'd you get in return? You got woke politics. You got J.P. Morgan Chase sponsoring the gay pride float here in the gay pride play um, parade. And you guys are like, Oh, cool. That's good. All right. Thanks. Yep. And they just went, they go, cool. Let's get back to business. Like we're not changing a fucking thing. Like, did you guys really think we're going to do anything? We just placated you. That's what I see as bread and circuses. Yes, I agree. That's uh, exactly what it is. Because if you look at who, like if you look at racism, for example, Nobody is actually racist in America anymore. There is, you know, I can think of two guys I used to work with that are really <laughs> racist. <laughs> I find that um, people that are accused of being racist are really just um, normal people that have uh, said bad things, mm-hmm. you know, or things that are deemed bad. But the idea, people going around thinking that someone is inferior to you because of the color of their skin, it's almost non-existent, right? And few, now- Few and far <clears throat> between. Exactly, few and far between. But you would think if you just came here from Mars and stepped foot in America, that it was the biggest, if you just listen to the media, right. it was the biggest issue that there could possibly be. Well, it's become an industry. Be. It's an industrial It complex. is, exactly. Yeah. It is an industry. That's being and all you have to do to stoke that is just say- that everything is racist. Yeah. Just say that it exists. Yeah. Just keep saying it. And people are just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Cause it's not like a hard, um, cold fact that you can point out. And I think it gets the, the propaganda becomes more and more outlandish. And what is that? Why is that done? The reason why that's done is to provoke a reaction from the other side or to get people to, you know, when you go on, you know, when you go into your news and you see an article that says drinking milk is racist and you just go like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm just not going to pay attention anymore. And then according to critical theory, the way that critical theory works, like if you are not actively campaigning for this propaganda point that I just put forth, that means that you're the problem. So if I say like, I just, I don't believe that drinking milk is racist. Like, well, that means you're a racist. Yeah. Well, critical theory says that everything can be stewed down to one there's one reason for every problem. And if it's yeah. critical race theory, it's racism. Anytime you see any sort of inequality, it's racism. 
And so if you start with that, then yeah. If you deny that, well, that's because of racism. Yeah. Because everything can be boiled down to racism. Check this out. <clears throat> this is Jane Fonda talking about climate change. This should be good. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna unmute my computer and then actually play the clip for you. I'm gonna start doing that more often, actually. Good idea. And and when I really understood what that was about, I could not. I do couldn't something. do anything except try to join the movement and to stop it. And that was where I started because you're pretty. She's talking about the Vietnam War. Well, you know. You can take anything, sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, whatever, the war, and if you really get into it and study it and learn about it and the history of it and the, everything's connected. There'd be no climate crisis if it wasn't for racism. How do you, how do you get to that? Tell me. This is lady, one of the ladies interviewing her goes, uh, hold on a second. How do you get to that? Tell me. I love people. Where would they put the Where would they put the poison and the pollution? They're not going to put it in Bel Air. They've got to find some place where poor people or indigenous people or people of color are living. Put it there. They can't fight back. And that's why a big part of the climate movement now has to do with climate justice. Oh, climate justice. Is that what we have <laughs> to look forward to? Uh, I'm related to someone that argues like that. Really? Yeah. Just connects dots that you can't possibly connect. But just because you've heard Jane Fonda say it, you can say it. And then, yeah, there yeah. you go. Smart. Oh, in the crowd. Yes. He, yes. He also dropped one of my uh, personal favorite lines, which I've gotten before. I'm like, can you, can you explain? Can you connect those dots for me? Can you explain that? Like, what you said there seems a little bit incongruent. Like, um, I'm just, you're telling me this, but I'm, I'm, maybe it's on me. I'm missing something. My favorite line is like, well, when you, when you look into it, when you study it. Yeah. You study it and you obvious. look and see. Yeah. It's, it's obvious. Really? Okay. So I'm assuming you have. So you have some so sources. Then. That connection would be. Let's hear what these sources are. Um, she's a she's a <laughs> she's a dimwit. Have you heard about the? Uh, while we're on the topic of this of, fascination that we have with listening to celebrities about anything is just the most. I don't know. It's the most comedic slash perverse thing I think I, I can watch a society do. It is so bizarre. Yeah, I think if you really look at the psychology around that, and all of our psychology comes from our ancestry, right? Mm -hmm. We are tribal people that live in cooperative groups, hunter-gatherer groups. It all goes back to that. We've not been civilized, in quotes, long enough to have anything change. We're still those like near apes, right? <clears throat> and the only way that someone in your tribe would garner the attention of the whole tribe is if they were respected by the whole tribe. Mm -hmm. So you get a celebrity who's on everyone's TV. Everyone knows who they are. You say their name and it instantly conjures up their image in your head. It triggers something in your brain like this person should be respected. Yeah. When in reality, they're a total charlatan. It has the only reason we're listening to them is because you happen to know what their name is. I think it's also symptomatic of the I believe it's called the halo effect that when someone is good at something, which I don't, I don't. <laughs> you're fucking. What are actor, celebrities right? good at? Yeah. 
but people fall under the myth that they are therefore kind of somewhat of a sage in every area. Like therefore your, their opinion must be heard on anything. Someone's a great guitar player or a great actor. I don't know. I'm also extremely not biased, but I've always been, I've never, I, just, I don't watch movies. You know, I used to when I was a kid, but so when people, I've also been in bands, I've met quote unquote famous people. It's just, I don't know. I was never impressed by it. I don't know if that's like growing up, the, the bands I grew up like looking up to were just like poor dudes <laughs> or professional skateboarders. So the, I don't know, maybe my notion of a celebrity just has always kind of seemed silly to me. Well, we grew up kind of punk rock, right? So you weren't, you weren't supposed to like yeah. the famous guys. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, we were kind of bred, you know, bred by my friends not to. Yeah. And we're you're very contrary. So there's yeah. something to that too. I don't know. We would not have lasted long in the tribe that I'm <laughs> referring to. <laughs> well, we, we would have had our own tribe. <laughs> Some shitty part of town. Ooh, wow. Well, you're the tribal leader, huh? Why? Because you killed a mammoth by yourself? whoop the friggin' do. Like, <laughs> like, he killed a mammoth with his bare hands, dude. I think we should listen to this guy. So, uh... Ron DeSantis getting a little heat these days, mm-hmm. a little more heat. Um, you've heard that uh, it's illegal to talk about slavery now in in Florida. Is in it, are you, are, can I just take a wild stab here? Is it illegal to talk about slavery the way that it was illegal to say gay <laughs> two years ago? Yes. The same way. Uh, yeah, you people are fucking so predictable. I was thinking about the argument that I got in with my mom where she told me after our visit to Tennessee. That you were part of QAnon? Yes. No, that happens basically in every conversation. I'm not sure if that was the one that you're thinking of. But um, that in Tennessee, it's very conservative and they don't let schools teach um, about slavery in Tennessee. Really, and as soon as she said that, exactly, I said, <laughs> I said, "Mom, that's not true." How do you know that's not true? I, I, I just, I just know. And well, here's the reason I know. I listen to because everything that comes out your mouth is wrong. That's how I know. <laughs> I listen to Glenn Beck mm-hmm. a lot. I've listened to hundreds of hours of Glenn Beck talking. Glenn Beck is a, uh, a history buff, mm-hmm. right now. Glenn Beck is also a total, just extreme, vicious racist, right? According to people on the left. Right. Right? A monster. Yeah. So, if slavery was not allowed to be taught in Tennessee, somebody like Glenn Beck would have that topic on their show. I would have heard about it. Because he would be either celebrating that because mm-hmm. he's such a just flaming racist. racist. Yeah. Or knowing him the way that I do, he would be actually, what he would really be doing is telling everyone how awful that is because he's a history buff and he mm-hmm. believes that you should tell America, American history, warts and all. Right. There's no reason to hide that. I know that because I listen to him all the time. Mm-hmm. He would be outraged if there actually was a law that 
prohibited the teaching of any part of American history, yeah. right? If something like that was actually passed, we would know about it. It would be very obvious. And so I knew immediately when she said that, that what she was actually talking about was critical race theory. Oh, yes. Okay. And I support a ban on teaching critical race theory to kids. The same way I would support a ban, as long as you have government schooled, which I don't support, but if you do, and we're being forced to use them, I would support banning teaching a lot of things to kids that don't need to be taught, such yeah. as the don't say gay bill, so-called, right. that prohibited teaching sex education to children before third fucking <laughs> grade. grade. Jesus f Christ. I mean, I remember when that bill what was, is this? I remember when, so th this is perfect. This is, this is exactly the, the outrage du jour, the outrage of the week. It was like, mm -hmm. you just go out to the ether and people are like, Oh, the, the don't get saved, but don't say gay bill. I'm like, nowhere. There's nothing about that bill that says don't say gay. And it was so easy. It's like, how do you know? I read the bill. Have you read the bill? You haven't read the bill. Have you? I had that three times. I've had three conversations like read the bill. And then have this discussion with me. And so then the retort was back like, how about, it's like, I don't, I don't want my teacher coming in and telling about like, you know, his, you know, his gay fling over the weekend, whatever it is. They're like, how about this? And this is like supposed to be the snarky retort. How about they can't talk about like a straight relationship either? And you're like, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. That's I, exactly like, right. I don't want my teacher talking at all about what their relationship is. I want him to teach arithmetic and history and some science. That's why my kid's in school. Yeah. Not to learn about, like, I'll, I'll handle that part at that age. Thank you. It's funny. If you look at, a, at the way the news covers that story, too, um, you have what you just said, mm -hmm. you know, is the, the left side. You have MSNBC, CNN talking about that. And then you have the, the right side. You have... Fox News, which is the only like real or Newsmax maybe, but what do they talk about on shows like Hannity or or whatever the mainstream show is there? They talk about how crazy the left is. And then the only time, if you ever hear a news story that is trying to get at the truth of what, it, what this is about, mm -hmm. that's when people really lose their shit. Yeah. It's kind of, and that's, it's that same dichotomy that I was talking about earlier, like the yeah. extreme left, the extreme right, they can have their arguments and they can create this distraction. That's where the bread and circus thing happens right. and just get people all fired up and yelling at each other and hating each other. And that's totally fine. Yeah. As soon as a Tucker Carlson comes in and starts poking holes in the whole thing, yeah. then he gets hated. I mean, he is the most hated person in news. Oh, absolutely. Because of that. Yeah. People that are more on the right than him are less hated. Yeah. Because he, more often than not, is trying to get to the truth of a story and not get caught up in just this back and forth, left versus right kind of. Yeah, it's it's been pretty wild because when he, when Tucker Carlson, you sent me that clip, I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And he was talking about uh, Richard Nixon and Watergate and talking about how the CIA was, you know, all these declassified documents. I was like, remember what I said to you? I was like, if I was Tucker Carlson, I wouldn't stay out of fucking tall buildings for a couple of weeks. <laughs> taking any rides in open limousines. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, all right, so here's a little thing on the, uh, the Don't Say Slavery bill. This is on CNN. So the CRT, now this, what is, what's going on here? 
Um, well, already I'm seeing some activists call this don't say black, like the, the idea that he's going to, like the don't say uh, gay bill, that you can somehow draw. Notice. Wait, oh, wait, wait. She just wrote that she, people are still s- sticking to that. Like, yeah, just like the don't say gay bill. There was no don't say gay bill. Yes. Uh, do, do, don't. Why would they Dude, stop? If you had 5% of journalistic integrity, wouldn't you push back on that? I don't study this shit. I the only and, way like, to stop them is to make them embarrassed about this. Yeah. That's why we have to constantly make them the butt of our jokes, constantly make fun of them, make them have to done, back it done, up so that they done, feel, <laughs> so that they feel stupid. If you don't do that, they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. That's the only thing that stops them. The truth doesn't fucking matter to them. They're, li- they're professional liars. This is like the same thing. This reminds me, of, you know, I still hear, hear people say like, well, you know, the thing with you know Trump and the Russia collusion, I'm like that was fucking like no one that was not true. That that didn't come true. Right. Why why are you still saying that? So many people. Well, you still know Saddam had WMDs. No, he didn't. He, Saddam didn't have WMDs. Like why why are you still saying that? Like are you you remind me of those Japanese soldiers that fled World War II to those fucking remote islands, and you're forty years later you find them. They still think the war is going on. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like do a little bit of research before you fucking flap your chin and put together your favorite words. Yeah, don't you have the internet? Japanese soldier from 1942. Come on, give it the program. Listen to how when they're uh, when they're talking about this bill, how they don't actually say kind of like the don't say gay bill. Like mm-hmm. they never actually say what the bill is doing. They don't they don't spell out what the bill actually is saying. They only are talking about their feelings around the bill and people's thoughts around the bill. They're not actually going to say it. It's, it's pretty like nimble footwork on their part. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me, um, a beer. Go on. Right on cue. In the classroom. (laughs) And I think that's one of the most important things that he said, the idea that it's on our side, our standards, our side of the line. What is that line? Who's going to draw it? And if Ron DeSantis runs for president, does he plan on drawing those lines nationwide and classrooms nationwide? And I think that is a question for every voter, every person who's kind of watching what's going on in Florida. What does it mean when politicians think it can reach all the way into the classroom and tell people what is and what is not okay? Well, they're government-run schools. Yes. So who else would be reaching into the classroom and telling them what they can and can't teach? I don't know. The bill is about CRT. And I haven't even looked into this, Mm -hmm. but I know that's what it's about. Yeah. I know that it's not about what they're saying it's about, which is that you're not allowed to talk about slavery or uh, Black Lives Matter or... Oh, well, how do you know that? Because I have a track record of you guys fucking lying about these things and not even changing the words, by the way. You switch out like two words and your little propaganda, like talking point. That's why I know that. Yeah. Can we just pull up? Because it's not just, you know, he mentioned black queer studies, but it's intersectionality and activism. It's, a mo- it's BLM. It's a movement, you know, for black lives and black lives matter, black feminist literary thought. Word salad. Uh, the reparations. Oh, I thought she was going to talk about the... Um, um, black study and black struggle. Black Lives Matter real estate investment strategy. <laughs> which I'm game now. Now we're talking. That we should teach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we want these kids to be successful, right? <laughs> in the 21st century, these are all things that they're objecting to in this course. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why I don't want to engage on the subject matter is because I don't think Ron DeSantis is qualified to make those judgments. 
No, because if you engage on the subject matter, we will all learn what this bill is actually about, which is essentially reverse racism, teaching white kids that they are responsible for all of the problems that any black person has ever had. That's why you don't want to engage on the content. Every black movement, every political movement in this country is part of our history. And that includes the modern political movements, which is why this is being blah, 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 placement yeah. course for kids <laughs> who are like, willing to take on Greta, take it easy. easy Greta. And I don't know where he wants to draw the line. Then we get arrested again, do you? At one point. Martin Luther King, obviously, as Republicans love to talk about, you know, every January, this was a political movement and no one wanted to learn about that then either. If that's the kind of lineage he wants to join, you know, people who are saying don't talk about the political thinking um, of marginalized groups, he's welcome to do it. So slavery uh, became illegal. Now it's going to be illegal to teach slavery in schools. It seems it seems really <laughs> odd. I mean, where is he going to draw the line? Somewhere the line? between abolition and now? I don't know where Ron DeSantis considers the, the history versus the now. Isn't education though all about critical thinking? I mean, you... There's that word. Just verbalize what I was thinking. As if they want kids to think critically. That was the only point right at the end there. He threw in that, that Ron DeSantis is going to make it illegal to talk about slavery. And then she kind of cut him off. I think he was throwing in a, like a little caveat mm-hmm. after that, like uh, in spirit or, you know, yeah. or something, but because he knows that what he just said was totally a lie. Yeah. That Ron DeSantis is not going to make it illegal to talk about slavery. In fact, let me just, to play that again because it was kind of how dare you the, the history versus the now isn't education though all about critical thinking i mean you it's going to be Sorry. illegal to teach slavery in schools it seems it seems really odd i mean where is he going to draw the line somewhere the line? between it's going to be illegal to teach slavery in schools he knows that that yeah. is uh, not the case they all know that that so is she, not what the bill is about well what are they what are they going to draw the line like, probably way before that i would imagine yeah, I think they're going to draw the line at uh, politicizing an issue to kids when you sh- are supposed to be teaching them yeah. about history. So, anyways, uh, I think that the like, <clears throat> what's the bread and circus angle on that? It's the same like racism thing that you have one side saying that they're not allowed to teach slavery, and then the other side saying, "Well, you want to." Um, I don't know what's the, what's the caricature of the rights version of that. You know, you want to um, you're neo. You're the you're the enslavers. You want to enslave us, and you're you know uh, practicing racism, and which isn't false. But you know, it's it's fine as long as the conversation is this back and forth kind of dumb conversation where no one is bringing up the details of what we're actually doing mm-hmm. to try to what Ron DeSantis is is trying to do which I think Ron DeSantis believes he's trying to save American values in yeah. these kids now argue with him on that fine maybe maybe he has maybe that's not the right way to do it yeah but as long as the argument doesn't go there then the media is has a green light to keep pushing this narrative Keep having these stupid arguments about things that aren't actually happening. I, d- I find, and it's it- worse than. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but yeah. it's it's worse than sports because distracting people with this kind of bullshit is actually engaging them in this never-ending um, battle where they're constantly connected to what the political elites are pumping out. Yeah, and they're the ones controlling 
this narrative. They're the ones keeping everyone engaged in what they want. With sports, it's really hard to control people. Yeah. They're going to just go off. They're going to root for their team. They're against the other team. It might be a distraction, but it's not engaging people in the narrative that the political elites are trying to uh, lay down on high. And they're the ones, they're terrified of people revolting. They're terrified of the 99%. They're terrified of people that are getting red-pilled and wanting to end the Fed and end the IRS and actually do things that are going to disrupt their course. And if you keep people engaged in these, you know, whether abortion should be allowed the day after the child is born mm-hmm. or never allowed, even if you were raped by your father and the baby's growing inside of you and going to kill you. Yeah. If you keep people arguing about that, then they're engaged in the conversation that the political elites have laid out as the conversation to have. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I would, um, I want to read this. This is from this article real quick. And I want to address what you're saying about the metaphor from sports and then the jump from sports to what we're talking about now. Um, with these kind of political, cultural, and like social justice issues is what I think is like probably like the most encompassing umbrella that covers like a lot of these things. So this is from that uh, Bretton Sturgis' article. Uh, Since the actions of politicians and the elite had little, if any, obvious or direct consequences for the people, the mob was content to spend their time being entertained and leave the decisions to the experts. The more directly those in charge affected the mob's quality of life, the more entertainment they would provide it, distracting it from the negative consequences. Though the mob was satisfied, the leader's tendency to provide free or very very cheap food, housing, and entertainment ruined Rome's economy, um, putting another nail in the empire's coffin. And you brought up the notion of sports as you know a, a good way to kind of pacify the masses because we all need a distraction. We, you know, it mm-hmm. could be whatever you want to be. It could be playing golf. It could be whatever, dude, you know, fishing, whatever it is. And this is um, what Ted Kaczynski talked about, surrogate activities. Mm-hmm. And surrogate activities are you are immersed in the process. There's no – I need a specific uh, end goal that it directly, uh, you know, affects my my survivability on this planet. Right. Right? And it's a way that we can kind of pacify, or pacify ourselves and keep ourselves, you know, just sane to take a break from, like, what we need to know – what we need to do like to survive or whatever. And the jump that you made from sports to what we're talking about, these cultural issues or social justice issues, I think is what you alluded to is that if, if my surrogate activity is watching sports, I can be a Niners fan and you're a Raiders fan for, you know, for example, but at no point, do I think that you are actively like trying to destroy my family and my livelihood and destroy our culture? Yeah, we're not talking about soccer <laughs> yes, in uh, yeah. the 1985s, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or being a ref in Brazil <laughs> right. eight years ago. <laughs> but what now that that now that this bread and circuses notion, if you use that template to what we're talking about with these cultural issues, it gets fucking terrifying because we're talking about. What are, what's what are my kids being taught in school? Like what what can you know? What's your perception on what a woman can do with her can or can't do with her body? Or you know, what rights does a fetus have? And it goes on and on and on. And that there's such emotionally charged like divisive issues that people can't help but feel this like emotional rage that the other person like I know what's right and this person doesn't agree with me. They're act they're like actually like literally a, a terrible person. And that's why you see just this 
rage and vitriol right. being centered around politics. And that's, I think this is the new bread and circuses. Big time. Yeah. It's, it's way more it's effective. Ter- it's fucking terrifying. It's way more effective. Yeah. Um, the, when the Roe versus Wade got overturned mm-hmm. um, last year, there were protests all over the world. Yeah. Right? They were protesting in Australia. About Roe versus, about Roe yeah. versus Wade in America. Yeah. Why would that be? Right? It doesn't affect them. Yeah. It, would have, it has no bearing on their existence. And the reason, I think, is because it has been turned into this bread and circus thing where people are expected to take this so seriously that, it's, like you were saying, it's a life and death issue to them. Even though if they logically were to think about it, they would realize, like, this, this, this doesn't make any sense. This has absolutely no right. bearing on their lives. Yeah. But it's been energized to a point where you have people protesting in the streets over something that has nothing to do with them. Yeah. It'd be like if, you know, like when LA teams win a championship, the people go out, they leave the stadium, they go out in the streets, and, just start and they start just wrecking. fucking things up, right? They just like, well, it would be like if you didn't live in LA. And when they lose. <laughs> and when they lose, of course. It'd be like if you lived in like Sheboygan and the LA team won, but you happen to be a LA Kings fan yeah. and they won the Stanley cup and you went out and started breaking shit in your neighborhood. Right. <laughs> Most people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, you're acting a little out of sorts there. Eh? <laughs> and so, you know, but it's become so energized and given people so much meaning and totally intentionally, I think. And because of television at first and now the internet, it's so easy to just get into people's brains and, f- and fuck around with the, uh, the wiring that, uh, yeah, that's, it's become the biggest distraction and any attempt that is made to wake people up to that is being demonized mm-hmm. like crazy. Yeah. And that's why we have all this censorship happening. That's why, you know, the World Economic Forum's biggest concern is scrubbing the internet. And yeah, it's really fascinating. I think that uh, just pay more attention to that. And if you're, um, next time you're getting heated up in an argument about something, just, you know, ask yourself if you're, if you're actually on the side of truth or you're just on your team side then you're just fighting a you're, you're arguing with the, your opponent rather than trying to get to some sort of truth yes and for god's sake stop drilling dry holes in the fucking earth <laughs> come on baby you're gonna like it once you get a taste i got a feeling in my heart something good is about to start and that's a You bring the drinks And I got the buns Come on